first verse. I can do all things. Christ who gives me strength. But sometimes I wonder what He can do through me. No great success to show no glory of my own in my weakness he is there to let me know his strength is perfect when our strength is gone Strength is perfect. 
so thankful that his strength is perfect. Amen. It has the power to pick, to carry us through whatever situations life may throw at us. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you amen? Welcome to church this morning. Amen. Let's just enter right in with thanksgiving in our hearts. Amen. I'd like to sing that song in the key of G. You deserve the glory. And let's just raise our hands and just in a mode of worship here. Amen. You deserve the glory. Thank you for the prize you 
sin and shame in love you came and gave amazing grace thank you for this love Lord thank you for the nail pierced hand wash me in your cleansing flow now all I know your forgiveness and sin and shame in love you came and gave amazing grace thank you for this love Lord thank you for the nail pierced hand wash me in your cleansing flow now all I know Forgiveness and embrace, hallelujah. Worthy is the land seated on the throne. We crown you now with many crowns, you reign victorious. I am lifted up, Jesus, Son of God, oh, the treasure of heaven, crucified, worthy is the Lamb, oh, worthy is the sin and shame in love you came and gave amazing grace and thank you for this love Lord thank you for the nail pierced hand 
Wash me in your cleansing flow Now all I know Your forgiveness hands Sing it together now Oh, worthy is the Lamb Just lift Him up now Seated on the throne Oh, we crown you now with many crowns You reign victorious Oh, and high and lifted up Jesus, Son of God of heaven crucified oh worthy is the lamb worthy is the lamb one more time yes worthy is the lamb amen could we put our hands together for our Lord Jesus this morning Amen. I believe he deserves this story. Hallelujah. Let's sing this song together. How great is our God, the splendor of the King. The splendor of a King, clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light And darkness tries to hide And trembles at his voice Trembles at his voice How great is our God Sing with me how great is our God all will see how great how great is our God and age to age he stands oh and time is in his hands beginning and the end Beginning and the end, the bride and Christ are one. Uniting time has come. Soon we're going home. Soon we're going home. How great is our God? Oh, sing with me. How our God, oh, and all will see how great, how great is our God. Name above all names. Oh, yours a name above all names, and you are worthy of all praise. And my heart will see. How great is our God Once again Oh, name above all names 
your name. Hallelujah. Isn't that lovely? Amen. I know the Lord is pleased with your worship. Amen. I can feel his presence in this place. Amen. We'll just take a moment of time here and we'll just turn our hearts to God and take some special needs to him in prayer. Also, I have a few announcements to make just before we take these needs to the Lord. A few announcements so that we can all be aware. Um, be reminded that we do have our end of the year dinner uh, approaching. Uh, it is it will be next uh, Saturday at uh, at six o'clock. Um, you must RSVP as soon as possible uh, to Sister Becky, preferably through the online the online link that was provided. Uh, the meal will be catered, and uh, they would like uh, for you to bring a dessert for everyone to share. So if you could remember that. Uh, also, each person uh, it should bring a small gift. Five to ten dollar range would be fine. Uh, if there's any concerns or questions, you can have a, a discussion with Sister Becky. Um, also, be aware that uh, there will be a gift exchange uh, for at the Christmas dinner for ages 13 and up as well. And uh, the suggested gift amount is uh, ten dollars. Um, if you're unable to bring a gift, please let Sister Karen Morglia know. And uh, that will be, uh, uh, she needs to know by Wednesday, December 14th. Um, So be aware of those and uh, make sure that you RSVP. We always enjoy that and appreciate uh, Brother uh, Barry and Sister Becky for hosting that for everyone. Amen. Uh, Also, there will be a children's choir practice at uh, at 3 o'clock. Is that correct? that's right immediately after service so please be aware of that children's choir practice today after church amen and now as we take these needs to the lord amen i'm going to ask brother uh, mark sylvester if he would be prepared to take them for us amen if you will remember brother joshua johnson in prayer um, he is uh, praying that the doors will open for some work uh, job situation uh, to come available I can certainly, uh, my heart goes out to him. I know how that is. I mean, move into a completely new area, and uh, that can be a stressful situation. But we know that God can provide. I mean, he knows our needs before we even come to him. So I'm trusting that God has the answer for that need. Also, if you remember, he, uh, his back, he is down in his back from some recent work. Um, 
keep that in prayer as well. Brother Joe Paschal, we want to remember him in special prayer today uh, with his the condition with his foot he's dealing with and possible uh, some procedures, surgical procedures that could be uh, on the horizon. So we'll just pray that God will bring the right team together to, uh, to undertake in his situation. And if you remember Sister Tracy Rabin as well, um, she is still recovering from the flu. We'd like for you to remember also Brother Tim Aslong and his uh, situation in prayer. Amen. Let's continue to remember that. Uh, Brother Johnny Reynolds, amen, in his condition. If we remember him in prayer as well. Um, also keep Brother Barry and the crew that went with him in your prayers. They will be traveling home tomorrow and through uh, the night into Tuesday. I mean, uh, yes. So if you will remember them in prayer and in their travels, that God will bring them safely back to our assembly. Do you have unspoken prayer requests? Amen. God knows the needs on your heart, friends, and we're going to pray with you. Come on out. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we are very thankful, Lord, to you to having another opportunity, Lord, to come here in your presence, Father, to worship you, Lord, and to enjoy your your presence with your people, Father. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that we'll have to hear your word again. It's a, a precious time, Lord, because you said in the last days, which we know that we're living in, that men will run to and fro, Lord, for to hear the word of God. And thank you that we can assemble in a place, Lord, where we can come and know that we will hear the word of God. And Lord, that our hearts will be encouraged and our our strength will be renewed by the hearing of your word and our faith will be increased. We thank you for that, Father. Lord, we thank you, Lord. I pray that you'll be lifted up this morning, Lord, so that we could behold you a little plainer, Father, that we may have understanding and times that we're living in that our hearts will be inclined Lord to your word Lord and your will that we may walk in it and do those things that are pleasing to you Father we pray Lord for these that was mentioned Father the, the, the operations that was performed Lord for brother Timothy Ashawn and recovering Lord we pray that you bless him and continue to touch him Father also his situation with his visa Lord remember also, our brother, Lord, with uh, Joe Pascal with a foot problem, we pray that you'll bless him, Lord, and touch him. And I pray, Lord, that you use the doctors, Father, that you heal through those means also, Father, that you bless our brother and that you be well, Lord. And these are the requests that was made known, Sister Raven and the others, Lord, we pray that you'll touch him, O oh God. For it is your will that your people, Lord, be in good health and prosper, as your word says. Lord, everything that is done and said, Lord, may you be lifted up and receive glory and praise. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for all your blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Mark. You can have your seat. Amen. Let's just continue to worship and sing. Uh, I had the song on my heart when I look into your holiness. See, I believe. When I look into your holiness And when I gaze into your loveliness 
darkness when all things that surround become shadows in the light of you and when I found the joy of reaching your heart and when my will becomes enthroned in your love and when all things that surround become shadows in the light of you Well, then I worship you. I worship you. Oh, the reason I live is to worship you. And I worship you. I worship you, Lord. The reason I live is to worship you. Sing it again now. And when I look into your holiness, oh, when I gaze into Loveliness when all things that surround become shadows in the light of you, and when I found the joy of reaching your heart, and when my will becomes enthroned in your When all things that surround become shadows in the light of you. Sing it now. Oh, then I worship you. I worship you, Lord. I worship you. Oh, the and I live is to worship you. I worship you. I worship you. The waters, oh, my soul longeth after thee. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship thee. My strength, my shield, to you 
does my spirit yield and you alone are my heart desire and I long to worship thee and you're my friend and you are My brother, even though you are a king, and I want you more than the others, so much more than anything, and you alone are my strength. my spirit and you alone are my heart desire and I long to worship thee last verse I want you more than gold or silver only satisfied You alone are the real joy giver and the apple of my eye Could you stand and sing with me? And you alone are my strength my shield Desire and I long to worship Thee. Man, let our deacons come forward at this time. Take up our morning offering. Amen. And trust you just give us to unto the Lord. Amen. Knowing that your tithes, your offerings go around to further God's kingdom. Amen. Through this world. Would you lead us in prayer, Brother Jeff? Quick correction uh, to the uh, the choir practice will be uh, ages three to thirteen immediately after service. So immediately after service, if you could have your children ready to practice, that will uh, expedite that process. Amen. Are your hearts ready for the Lord? Amen. We're just thankful to have Brother uh, Dennis McBride with us this morning. Amen. We just enjoy his ministry, and I trust you'll, you'll pull up to the table. Amen. And you just pull on that gift. Amen. And get what God has for you in the Word today. Amen. Let's sing the little song, Father in Heaven, we love you and we lift your name. 
Established in our praises, as your people declare your mighty works, and blessed be the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Blessed be the Lord God Almighty, who lives forevermore, and blessed be the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Blessed be the Lord God Almighty, who lives forevermore. From the top now, his brother comes. Oh, Father in heaven, we Established in our praises, as your people declare your mighty word. Blessed be the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Blessed. Heavenly Father, we we thank you, Lord. And we came together this morning, Father, to honor you and to bless your name. Lord, to welcome you, Father, in our midst, because we all have needs. And we know that you're able to supply every need that there is among us, Lord. Lord, you've preserved us. You've kept us, Lord. You've nurtured us. You've ministered to us, Lord. And you brought us together again this morning, Father. And Lord, now that we're here, Father, we pray that your spirit not be hindered, but that you be able to minister freely, Lord, and move freely among us, Father. Give us understanding, Lord, of what you have purposed for us to hear on this morning. Father, help me, Father, to only speak what you would have for me to speak, Lord. Bless every heart that's here. You know every situation, Father. You know how to minister to our needs, Lord. That's our comfort and our peace, Lord God. 
more than what we've ever realized before. We're coming to realize that more and more now. How you are a very present help in a time of need. How you, you are still a healer, Lord. You're still a provider. Father, you're everything that you said in your word that you are. And you're giving us those personal experiences, Lord, to know that for ourselves. Not just by the hearing of the ear, Father, but to know by experience. All that you are, Lord, as you would help us to be able to experience you in those ways. Lord, we pray that you would bless your word now. Let it be clear. Let it be understood, Father, by your grace. Forgive us of our sins and our iniquities, Lord. Forgive us of our neglect in whatever ways we might have neglected you at any time, Lord. That's not our heart's desire. We always want to be able to render to you our best service, Lord. Father, so we ask these things in your name, the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let the church say amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. It's good to be among you again this morning, by God's grace. And, and uh, Brother Barry, he messaged me a little moment ago, and he asked for me to greet the church on his behalf. Amen. So Brother Barry said, praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Um, I've been getting the pictures that he's been sending out on WhatsApp. And so uh, I knew then that he was in Africa. And uh, uh, it looks like the Lord is really taking him into needful areas, and I'm sure he's using him to his glory to satisfy whatever need there is amongst the groups that he's sending them to. And uh, when I saw within one of the, the actual uh, messages that um, I think he was crossing Malawi or something like that, um, that stood out to me because um, I've, I've never been overseas before. Um, I, I may have mentioned this to you, but uh, early on in my ministry, I intentionally didn't get a, a passport because <laughs> I didn't want to go overseas. So if a brother asked me, brother, would you mind coming? I said, brother, I don't have a passport. <laughs> but uh, actually, I, I'll, I'll kind of tell on myself a bit here also because this last men's meeting that we had, um, it was an outstanding meeting. And I got a chance to become more better acquainted with a lot of the brothers that are here and from other churches, saints that I had been able to really fellowship with on a one-on-one -on -one in a long time. But while I was sitting in one of the services, um, it kind of came very clear to my heart to the point to where I just kind of had to stop and just like, Lord, okay, you know, is that you? Because it spoke so clearly, but it came on my heart to get a passport. And uh, I got home, and I, I shared it with my, my oldest son. And he looked at me kind of with a, an amazing look in his eyes. He says, for real, Dad? I said, yeah, buddy. I said, uh, he's 25 now. I said, yeah, man. I said, it was kind of on my heart to get one. I said, so I think I might need to start the process. He said, that's something, Dad, because it came on my heart to get a passport, too. So I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means we're supposed to travel together or what. <laughs> but shortly after that, I actually got a, it's a reason why I'm saying this at this time, because shortly after that, I was ministering in a church in Virginia, and there was a brother present that I didn't know was a pastor from Malawi. 
And uh, he asked me if I would come to Malawi. And so I couldn't give the same response that I was used to giving. Because <laughs> I had a little conviction in my heart now. I said, well, brother, pray for me because it was on my heart to get my passport. And he said, well, when you get it, let me know. I said, okay. So I went home. And about a day later, he contacted me again. He said, brother, please let me know when you get your passport because we would like for you to come. And so last week, he messaged me again. <laughs> and so I, I don't know if it's the will of the Lord or not. So for as many as can pray with me on that, if the Lord put it on your heart, pray with me because we just don't want to go to be going. Amen. We want God to be in it because if he's in it, then it'll be beneficial. Amen. Amen. It'll serve the purpose. So uh, I don't want to keep you standing long. So let's turn in our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. I really enjoyed the worship. I always do. Amen. You guys have a wonderful atmosphere here. And that's, of course, due to God being in your individual lives. And I got blessed for the cross. I had a chance to really just talk with my brother in the men's meeting, and it was a blessing. I, I didn't know he was ministering. Praise the Lord. So uh, he, he was sharing with me some very good nuggets. Amen. I thank God for good fellowship. And what I want to talk about this morning is going to tie into that by the grace of God. So Ephesians chapter 6, starting at verse 23. Um, this, is a, this is Paul, of course, and him being full of the spirit of God. Um, you know, God actually, he spoke through Paul directly. Right. As with any God given ministry. Right. But God is actually sending a greeting to the saints through Paul. And I read this scripture months ago. But when I read it at that time, something about it really stood out to me. And that's the thing I want to just share with you this morning. He says, peace be to the brethren. He says, in love with faith. And he's speaking on the behalf of God. He says, from God, the father. And the Lord Jesus Christ. And verse 24 is the one that really stood out to me because he says, Grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Let's bow once more. Father, please help us. Please, Lord, this is your word. We can do nothing without you. In Jesus Christ's name we ask it. Amen. God bless you, saints. You may. Be seated. So, oh man, that scripture stood out to me months ago, but it wasn't until about maybe three weeks ago that uh, I came across a message, and in this particular message, Brother Branham kind of deep dived into the one portion of this scripture that really stood out to me. And when I saw that, then uh, I believe that was the time that the Lord had put it on my heart to begin to deal with it. So this isn't my first time dealing with this subject this morning. Um, it's been on my heart now for several weeks. I've been in Florida ministering. I've been kind of locally ministering, and I can't get away from it. Uh, it's really affected me uh, in a good way. Um, it it, it, it kind of sobered up my thinking. 
and it, it, it kind of caused me to, to take a, a closer examination of myself. Um, the title, the subject that I want to try to approach by the grace of God is sincerity. Sincerity. And if you notice in verse 24, he says he, he's pronouncing grace now to be upon a people. Now, this is God greeting the people of God, right? So that's a very important greeting. Amen. And he's saying grace be with all them. It's to a particular group. It's not to everybody. All right. He's not addressing everybody in this statement. But God is focusing in on a particular people. Whose heart is in a particular place. He says, grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. So for those that wasn't loving him in sincerity, God is saying, I'm not talking to you right now. That really struck me when I read it. I had to read it. I said, hold on, what? What? And then so, as I said just a moment ago, uh, here three weeks ago, God began to really take me into this subject, and it, it affected me. And it's, it's still affecting me. It's, it's on me heavy. Um, <clears throat> because this is something that will enhance any relationship, any association, any friendship. This is something that each one of us in this room hold dear to our hearts. It, it, mean, it holds value to us in our dealings with other people, be it in church, be it in our families, be it at work, right? Every one of us in here, we appreciate dealing with someone that's sincere. Just so you can follow me a little closer here, it says in the, in the dictionary, the word sincere means free from pretense or deceit. When you, whenever you're fellowshipping with someone or you're talking with someone and you're doing some sort of a business deal with someone, doesn't it make you feel good to know you're dealing with somebody that's not deceitful? You don't have to be on that kind of a guard. When you're hearing the words coming from their mouths, you know, you want to be able to entrust that what they're saying to you is right and it's truthful and it's honest. Isn't that right? Jesus, I believe, concerning Philip, he says, behold, an Israelite in whom there is no God. So God appreciates a sincere heart. And we appreciate a sincere heart. And everybody in the world, no matter if they're in church or out of church or whatever, everybody appreciates somebody that's sincere. Because whenever you encounter a lack of sincerity, what kind of reaction does that draw from you? It kind of wants to, it want, it want to make you put them at a distance, no matter who it is. Isn't that right? Once you found that somebody has not been able to be honest with you, amen, and they have a time with just, just being, listen, transparent, that means you don't have nothing to hide. We appreciate that. And that's something that you can actually tell in your conversations with people, Right? You can just sit back and listen to a person and I 
You can just sit back and listen to a person. And you can just kind of get a feeling. You can kind of get a little indication on where they are spiritually speaking. Because even without words, saints, the spirit, whatever spirit is on a person, you can kind of sense it. I'll kind of tell on myself a little bit, even when I was in the world. Now, when I when I was in the world. I was in the world, right? So I wasn't a good man by far because I was in the world. Right? My nature wasn't right, you know, so. But there were times in which I attempted to go to what they were called clubs. Right. And whenever I, it was just I was a very cautious person. I, 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 I chose my friends at what I thought was wisely. I like to deal with people that wasn't troublemakers. <laughs> I, I wasn't the one to try to go out and be, hang around with the bad boys, per se. I wanted to be around people that were decent, that, that can go and have a decent time and laugh and, and just have a good, wholesome time as far as what I considered to be wholesome. But whenever I would step foot into a club, man, it, it just something gripped me like, I don't I, I supposed to be here. <laughs> it was just such an atmosphere. Amen. It was filled with demonic activities. And even though I was in the world, it was something inside of me that didn't agree with that atmosphere. Without, without nobody having to say a word, just being in the presence somebody of someone that had that atmosphere on them, I could feel it. And it makes you shine. So now if we feel that way, how much more God? So he says, grace be unto all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, in sincerity. So whenever we gather, whenever like churches are gathered all over the world this morning and wherever time frame they're in, evening or whatever, but churches are gathering, right? And everybody's coming seemingly to worship God. But God is looking at more than just the bodies that are coming to fill the pew. That's not what moves him. God is listening to more than just the words that are being sung out of, uh, 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 from, from somebody that's able to hold a good, a good note in a fair way that might sound appealing to the ear, as many musicians are, right? Like God hears the songs, but he's listening beyond the song. God is hearing the heart that the song is coming from. All the efforts that, be, that are being put or have been put into being able to come to a service. God was watching the attitudes that went along with the preparation. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Right. There was no pretense within David's statement. Amen. From his heart, he had come into a place of love, saints, for God until he desired to be in his presence. But see, Satan understands the importance of this sincerity, right? So what he does in each one of our individual lives, he tries to bring us into a place of a lack of sincerity. And then it gets to a point to where people, they may not say it with their mouths. They may not show it in their actions. But when it comes to serving God, coming to church, listening to the message, reading their Bibles, there is sometimes a little reluctancy that's there. There's not a real enthusiasm behind it. You understand what I'm saying? 
Amen. And God is looking at that. He's looking at more than just the outward action or the spoken word. God is looking at the rings of the heart, the very intense that's there. He knows that if we say, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. He knows if we really mean that or not. This is very important to each one of us because just just think about yourself. Are you glad to be in the service of the Lord? You don't have to. You don't have to answer that. I'm just saying it's a close examination. Where is your heart concerning God's service? How do you really feel? You understand what I'm saying? Because we're in a time right now to where if our hearts are not right concerning the things of God, grace is here and power is here to change us and to bring us into that right place. To where to be really sincere. This is not a rebuke so much so, but it's just something to lay on our hearts to consider. God is calling for sincerity. Oh, my. I want to share something with you here. This is heavy, saints. I tell you, the Lord is really, he was really really dealing with with my heart on this and I, I just can't get away from it. Whenever we're dealing with one another, you know the right thing to do is to smile at your brother or sister. Right? That's the Christian thing to do, right? You know, when we come to church, you know, we, you know, you want to kind of look the part. You know, nobody wants to stand out. You know, no, no, nobody wants to be asked, is, is everything okay? Are you okay? Based off of your facial expression or maybe you going and isolating yourself or what have you, you know. You might have something that's really going on, but you kind of just want to leave it as a private affair. Isn't that right? But in God's requirement for sincerity, we have to be more sincere, more serious about these areas of our lives. Because even in our greeting of one another, God is looking at how sincere you are. When you say God bless you, do you mean that? When you say I love you, do you mean that? You understand what I'm saying? Because notice anything that's not sincere is not received by God. A song that's not sung in sincerity, God don't even receive it. Even though a church may gather, you just can't gather and expect for God to accept whatever we offer. It's got to be offered to his liking. It has to be brought in line with his will and his purpose and his desire. Israel got to a place to where they knew what God required. And at one point in time in their lives, they, they desired to give God the best service as possible. So when it came time to offer an offering, Brother Branham said, in the beginning when God first laid down that commandment, they desired to, to satisfy God's word to a T. 
God said, bring a lamb without any blemish at all. They made sure they searched and they, 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 they found the best lamb to be able to offer unto their God. Amen. Because Brother Branham said they were sincere. But then something began to happen. And when sincerity is not there, it, it, it begins to cause the breaking down of any relationship, any friendship. It has a corrupting effect to it. It's a silent killer. Even between a man and a woman, a husband and wife. Sometimes relationships, they have things that kind of weigh in heavy on them over time. Disputes. There's different issues that arise. You know, when you when you when you start to live together and you begin to kind of know one another and what have you. Sometimes it takes years for certain things to come out. You may feel you really know somebody, but it takes a certain situation at a certain time that'll bring out something you've never seen before. So any marriage, any relationship, they go through their times of strain. And if God is not in that relationship... Because he's the only one that can bring things into the right place of harmony. Amen. He can. He's the only one that can bring it into a real wholesome place. I mean, he's the only one that can cause real love. To be able to reach out from one heart to another and weather through the storms that they experience. But there are times because Satan want to have a different effect. Sometimes you go through so many things. That something begins to kind of seep out. And there's a certain loss of love that begins to occur. Now, all of a sudden, the husband and the wife in, in public, nobody can tell. But behind private doors, there's bitterness that's there. There's resentment that's there. There is, there are slight irritations that are there. And even with one another, they might not be fully transparent. They might still be saying, I love you, but in their heart feels something totally different. Oh, my. It's a silent killer. It'll break down or it'll destroy any meaningful relationship or friendship. Be it husband to wife, wife to husband, children to parents. Me being a father of five, I've seen my children as they're growing up and going through their phases of life. You know, many times in their, in their ignorance of spiritual things, I've watched the enemy take hold of their thoughts sometimes and project views and images. That Satan wants them to cling to and hold to because he wants them to to not trust, to not have confidence in mommy and daddy. The ones that really love them, the ones that really want to serve God. But all of a sudden they begin to want to trust in outward, you know, things that are there, people that are there that are not sincere with God. Because he wants to be able to have that influence in their lives. So if 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 he can cause that type of a breakdown. 
It'll cause your children to want to trust more in people that are really not right for them. But in their ignorance, in their spiritual ignorance, they won't know that. So he wants to destroy the home in that way. He wants to destroy the church in that way. When we say that we love one another, if you don't mean it, we want to pray and ask God to help us to really mean it. Everybody in here, you know what's in your heart. You know what thoughts you have when it comes to certain people. I'm not saying that anything exists, but I'm saying only we know ourselves what's in our own hearts, right? And this is something Brother Branham had to deal with. Many people desire to be like Brother Branham. They don't want, they want to see what Brother Branham saw and have those gifts and things of that nature. But let me share with you something here that Brother Branham said himself. And this really stood out to me, saints. Because there was something that he had to actually deal with. And he wrestled with it. It was the reality of his life. Portions he didn't always discuss. The message called India Trip Report. He says, that's right. So then now they'll come to you talking about people that he's associated with. He says, they'll come to you. He says, that's what hurts. See, as we grow in God and you get closer to God, amen, the discernment in your life, it kind of becomes a little more keen. You're able to hear beyond words now because it's not you no more, it's God. But listen, many times saints, God, so we, we want to be able to see like Brother Branham saw. No, we don't. You know how you know how many times God has protected us? Because if you can really see what's on somebody else's mind, how would you be able to handle that? Brother Branham said if certain people's thoughts was made known, it'll cause penitentiary offenses. <laughs> so I realized that God has been protecting me. And all of us from unnecessary things. He'll show us what's necessary, but he holds from us things that he knows won't won't benefit us at all. The enemy will be able to use that to drive us into other places that we're not supposed to be. But God made Brother Branham in a certain way. And watch how he says this now, because now he can hear thoughts. I think I told you this before, but I. I had one clear dream, dream of Brother Branham, and he was having a minister's meeting. It looked like to me because he had called all the ministers together, and I was upstairs in this huge room, and, and they all, all these ministers was following him. And then they went into this big conference room, and they closed the door, and, and, and there was a stool that was outside the room. So I went and grabbed the stool and put it up to the door and sat on it and put my ear to the, <laughs> to the door. I wanted to try to hear what he was saying. But right when I got to a point where I can kind of almost hear some of the things he was saying, then I heard chairs moving and feet shuffling. I said, man, they're coming out now. And I went to grab the stool so I can pull it away and act like I wasn't there. And I I stopped. I said, he already know you was there anyway. (laughs) And then he was the first one that came out the door and he came and hugged me. I told him, I said, I love you, Brother Branham. And he said, I know you do. That's why I had to come by this way. You know, um, so I don't know what all that means, but, you know, just even in the dream, I, I was like, ain't no point in you moving. He already know you there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So he says, that's what hurts. He says, they'll come to you and say, Brother Branham, we love you. And he says, and you know that's wrong. 
who wouldn't be able to love Brother Branham? But obviously, everybody couldn't. Everybody couldn't see the value. Just like the Lord Jesus Christ, who couldn't love the Lord? Who could sit and call the Lord Jesus Christ a devil? The most loveliest person that ever set foot on the earth. But in spiritual blindness, not be able to see the value in that vessel. So Brother Branham says they'll come and say, Brother Branham, we love you and you know that's wrong. He says, see them right there and watch that spirit. He says, you can feel it. He says, just sit and talk to a man a few minutes and watch that vision work above there. He said, listen, this is the part. He said, I'd rather not see it. He said, I'd rather not know it. He said, I want to believe his testimony is right. He says, see, it creates something in you. He says, what would I call that? He says, it creates a distrust that you don't want to have. See, the Holy Ghost in him, even though the realities of what he experienced was there because the love of God was in his heart. He didn't he, he didn't desire to release himself to those type thoughts. Even though he saw that, he still would embrace his brother or his sister knowing these things. See, God has to bring us into that place. And I'm not saying, I'm pretty sure there are many in that place right now. It's a real place of growth and spiritual maturity. But we can handle the things of God and conduct ourselves in the right way with the right character. Despite what we encounter. Amen. That's the grooming for the adoption. Lord have mercy. This creates a distrust. He said that you don't want to have. You want to love them anyhow. He says, he says, you see, he says, then that's the reason sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm a little misunderstood and think that I'm an isolationist. He says, I'm not. I love my brother. See, he says, but I want to have that. Keep that love in my heart. I never want it to be broke. So he experienced things. He experienced a lack of sincerity. He experienced pretense. That word pretense is it's a false show. It's an act. Right. And, 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 and I, I kind of want to read the rest of the definition of sincerity just for your knowing. It says genuine in feeling, wholehearted, heartfelt, infringed. It says with the absence of hypocrisy or falsely embellishment, falsifying embellishment or exaggeration. Oh, Brother Brandon, we love you. They would come to Jesus Christ and say, Master, it was an exaggerated embellishment. They didn't believe that he was there. They didn't feel that he was their master. You understand what I'm saying? And he saw straight through that. He knew exactly what was in their hearts. Oh, my. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 1 and verse 11. God established certain things with Israel. And while Israel was worshiping him and serving him with a sincere heart, meaning their heart was in it. Amen. They were connected, Brother Branham says, with their sacrifices. 
Right. It, it, it wasn't it, 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 it wasn't a pretense. It, it, it wasn't a deceitful act. They weren't trying to look a certain way in God's sight, but yet be another way in their hearts. Jesus Christ made specific mention of that. He says these people worship me with their mouths and honor me with their lips. He says, but their hearts are far from me. You understand what I'm saying, saints? And, and I don't believe nobody intentionally wants to be that way. But this is the very thing that God has his eyes on in every service and outside of service in every day of our lives. As we're walking through our homes. As we're walking on our jobs. Isaiah 111 says, to what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me? The very thing that God established God is coming in them now and saying, why are you doing this? That would be confusing, isn't it? Lord, what do you mean, why am I doing this? Lord, you told me to sacrifice, but I didn't tell you to do it like this. It's changed from a sweet-smelling savor to a stench, he says, in his nostrils. What changed it, saints? The heart's condition toward God. Where your heart is toward God, that's what determines if your worship, if your praise, if your life is a sweet-smelling savor unto him. Saith the Lord, I am full of burnt offerings of rams. All your church services, I'm full of them. All the empty words, you're singing to me right words, but it's from a heart that's not sincere. I'm full of that. Oh, my. He says, when you come to appear before me. Now, God asked him to come. He says, when you come to appear, to appear before me, who hath required this at your hands to tread my court? And here they are hearing Isaiah speak by the spirit of God and Satan working within their minds caused them to focus in on Isaiah. And to not hear the very word that was being spoken by the spirit of God. And because they begin to feel like they were dealing with a flesh man, they could lightly esteem what he was saying. This is why all the prophets, many of them were killed by the very people that they were sent to. Because their heart slipped from sincerity to insincerity into darkness. And it caused them to not have right discernment no more. Their judgment became perverted. And the very thing that was good for them, they began to see as being evil. Brother Branham says in regards to that, and he says here, even the sacrifice said, even the sacrifice said your holy days and your sacrifice, he says, became a stench in my nose. He says, yet he ordained them to make that, sir, that sacrifice, but the way they treated it, the way they treated it, he says, it became a stench, a stink in his nostrils, the very sacrifice that he ordained. This message is called All Things Saints. If you have a chance, the Lord put it on your heart, you have a chance, just take a listen to it maybe when you get a chance. The message is called All Things. He says, Isaiah spelled it out to them and said, God said that he is hiding his face from your prayers. 
Now, this is the spirit of God. This is 1962. In this day, this is the spirit of God pulling these things up from the scripture and bringing it present day. Because the same spirits that were working there was working then. And those same spirits are here working now. Trying to bring insincere worship. Insincere hearts. Trying to establish that within the people of God. Now even if this is something that we wrestle with, that doesn't mean we're not a child of God. But as many as he loved, what does he do? He comes and talks to you about it. Come let us reason together. Amen. Even though your current thoughts are established like they are, I'm going to bring my word through my ministry and by my prophet. And I want you to bring your thoughts and let's sit down and see who's right. So when we're in our homes, riding in our cars, amen, we're coming to reason together with God. And if we're bride, We want to be fully submissive to our husband, who is the revealed word for our day. There is no part of the message that I have any qualms with. Listen to me, saints. I'm speaking in sincerity. Since I've been in this message, there's not been one part of the message that I've had any issues with. I didn't come up in church. I came up in the streets. The house that I lived in with me and my mom, it was a drug house. It's only by the grace of God that I am what I am. But when I came in contact with this message from that time until now, which was 1998, I have absolutely had no issues. Even though everything that's happening is happening with the falling away, that had to happen. Amen? How many realize that? It's not catching God by surprise. God knew every bit of it. God saw it when it was first working before it had a chance to fully manifest itself. God saw the spirits moving just like he saw Satan moving in heaven, going around talking to the angels and stood and sat and did nothing about it, but was aware of every conversation that was taking place seemingly in private. Satan thought he was getting over on God, but he's playing right in the hand of what God had ordained. Can we say praise the Lord? (laughs) He says, God said he is hiding his face from your prayers. You've got ritualistic form. This is the part I want to bring it down to right here. If there is a lack of sincerity. Brother Branham says, wherever there is a lack of sincerity, but a continued seemingly work, a continued acts. Continuing coming to church, continuing singing, right? He says, when there's a lack of sincerity in that heart, he says, what it's turned into is a tradition. Even when we're asking God for forgiveness, there are certain cycles that people go through. There are certain strongholds, spiritual strongholds, right? That exists within every life. These are the things we got to constantly cover with prayer. These are the things we find our we find ourselves having our most failures with. There are certain things that the Lord has helped us to step away from and has never come back again. 
But there are certain things that seem to always resurface somehow. There's a weak spot that's there, right? But if God, listen, if God don't help us, we'll get used to just come. We'll find ourselves allowing ourselves to slip into these things too many times. And we find that we have a safety net. So we got Calvary, and he died for my sins, which is true. But God is looking at your heart. Whether you're, you're taking advantage of the grace that he provided. Where you're not really fighting against this thing in the way that you should. But you're resting upon the fact that I can just pray and repent. And I'll be all right with God again. But in the sight of God, when it was pure, when it was sincere. Okay. But when it, when it lacks sincerity, now it's just tradition. What tradition means, saints? Tradition means an inherited or an established or customary pattern of thought, action, or behavior, such as a religious practice. If we're not careful, Satan wants to bring even our very times of asking God for forgiveness and and going before him and asking him, Lord, help me to repent. That'll become an actual religious practice. You're not really serious enough about turning away from it. Because here it is, the next day, the next week, you you just too easily slip back into it again. Sometimes making yourself available. Things you know you need to stay away from. People you know you need to stay away from. Conversations you know you need to stay away from. But then sometimes you find yourself making yourself available for wrong influences to come into your life. And bind you again. And now you're going to God again. But he's looking at your heart. I'm almost done, saints. Everybody's okay? God said that he is hiding his face from your prayers. You've got your ritualistic form, yet it's the truth. Listen. Your form is the truth. It's according to God's word. You're at church 30 minutes early. You're dressing right. The order is there. He says here, yet it's the truth. He says you're doing what he told you to do. He says, but you're not doing it in sincerity. He said, come. He said, come boldly before his throne of grace. But he wanted to be in sincerity. Not just taking advantage, you know, of of grace being there. And I would venture to say that maybe all of us have been guilty of that at one point in time or another in our lives. But again, I thank God for bringing it to our attention now. How many are grateful for being judged now by the word on this side? See, that's grace. The devil want to come in people's minds and say, who is he talking to you like that? Not even, I mean, and and the people, boy, I tell you what, over the years, man, man, I had to take some punches, boy. I go into situations, I don't know nothing. 
And the Lord comes and speaks so precisely. And the only thing that the people can come out with is, well, that's just Brother McBride. Or I ain't going to listen to what he got to say. Sometimes accusing my wife of telling me things, not knowing that's the farthest thing from the truth. But that's how Satan, see, that's why the people want to go and kill and beat up on the prophets or whatever, because the people, that spirit was so agitated that was in the people. And it was controlling their thoughts to such a degree until they were able to see the prophets and look at them and look at them as being enemies. Brother Branham even said in the message I was listening to, it, it might have been on um, paradox. He was saying that he would fast and pray. Listen, he said he would fast and pray so that he wouldn't bring hard messages. He said, but the more he fasted and prayed, he said he had more hard messages. He says, tearing the people up. He said, what is it? It's a paradox. I didn't want to do it, but that was the spirit of God coming. And that was love that he was expressing toward his children. But it was being misinterpreted. He says, you're doing what he told you to do. He says, but you're not doing it in sincerity. He says, you squall out night and day. He says, but God said, your sacrifice is a stink to me and I will not receive it anymore. He says, and when you pray under such conditions with an insincere heart, he says, when you pray under such conditions, he says, I'll hide my face from you. Who was that saying that? That wasn't Brother Branham. God felt the need to communicate these things to his church. But notice this. This is how powerful this is, saints. He says, oh, God, if people would only think of it, just begin to consider that sincerity. Amen. Go into prayer and ask God, Lord, help me to be more sincere. Do you know that Brother Branham was sincere? But God came to him and told him in order for you to be able to properly enter into this next phase of your ministry, you got to be more sincere. More sincere. He was already sincere because the Holy Ghost brings sincerity. Can we say praise the Lord? The Holy Ghost brings sincerity. But God said in order for you to be able to bind that mamba. Amen. And help your brother out. He said, you got power to bind them. You got power to set them free. He said, but in order for you to do this, he says, you must be more sincere. That's a whole nother service. right there, Because that captured my heart. And I'm still looking into that. Because there's a scripture that God led him to go and look at specifically. In regards to that. But he says here, oh, God, if people would think of that, meaning be more mindful of being sincere and cry out to God for that. He says it would start a Pentecost. People are praying, saints, to have another book of Acts. And their minds are on the restoration of gifts among the church to see the working of miracles. Right. But the very foundation of that is sincerity. I tell you, this is astounding to me. I, I was like, Lord, have mercy. So simple, but yet so powerful. He said it'll bring, he said it'll bring about a Pentecost. The moving freely of the spirit of God to anoint the people, to break the power of the enemy. Amen. And to rise the church up to that next level. 
through sincerity. He says, God said, though you be, he says, listen, God said, though you come correctly in the word. But if you don't do it with love and sincerity, God said he would hide his face and wouldn't hear your prayers. Correct form. But lack of sincerity. I'm going to close on this point, saints. Oh, my. I have a whole lot here, but I'm going to close on this point. Actually, I want to read to you a scripture. And I just kind of want to lay on your hearts so that you can just be mindful of it because I thought it was, it was very powerful when I came across it, saints. Okay, this is in Philippians. Where are we at? Philippians chapter 1 and verse 9. It says, In this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in, the, in knowledge and in all judgment. He says that ye may approve, approve things that are excellent. Listen to this now. I'm going to read that once more. Because this is from the King James Version of the Bible. I'm going to read it to you from. And I'm going to read it to you in the Amplified. Or from the Amplified. It says, in this I pray, Philippians 1 and 9. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. He says that ye may approve things that are excellent. He says that ye may approve things, he says, that are excellent. That ye may be, he says, sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Now, in the Amplified, those same verses, it says in verse 9, And this I pray, that your love may abound more and more, displaying itself in greater depth, in real knowledge and in practical insight. He says, so that you may learn to recognize and treasure what what is excellent. He says, identifying the best and distinguishing moral differences and that ye may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, actually living lives that lead others away from sin. The note I want to close in on, saints, is that part where he says that anything you do that lacks sincerity becomes a tradition. That means it's valueless. It's empty. It doesn't mean nothing to God. Our words, our actions. Many times people pay tithes, but they pay it from a grudging heart. God is not satisfied with just the giving. See, he told them, he says, now, you're giving me polluted bread, Malachi. How did they come to give God polluted bread? Brother Branham said it was polluted because of the lack of sincerity. And whereas they tried to find the finest sacrifices, just as clean and and pure as it can be, he says, then it got to a place in Malachi where they began to offer God sacrifices that were lame and blind. 
And God said, why are you bringing, look at how you regard me. Look at where your heart is turned concerning me. You're offering me things that's just detestable. He says, go and offer this to your governor and see if he'll receive it. And you say, I'm your master and your king. Sometimes this is how our worship can come come forth before God. Rather, rather than giving God the absolute best, it begins to be a half-hearted effort. Amen! Forgive me, saints. I'm, I said I had to check myself. David was drifting at one point. And because he was a son of God, as he was drifting... He was still in the presence of God in a drifting state. Amen. And because he was a son of God, he can hear the whispers of the spirit sweeping across his heart. And it brought David. It, it, it drew David from that place. That that troublesome, dark place that he had drifted into. And it began to kind of collect his thoughts and bring and pull him back. And David said, as I thought on my ways, see, David became insincere toward God. But then God began to deal with his heart, began to commune with him, saints. And it calls David, he says, to think on his ways. Who was doing that? Who placed that in his heart? Who caused him to think about his precise life and where he was in comparison to where he needed to be? That was the Holy Ghost. As I thought on my ways, he says, then I turned my feet to thy testimonies. Amen. We all got that testimony, don't we? Amen. God calls us to think on our ways many a times throughout our journey. Amen. And it brought correction to our walk. All right. But we don't want to form. But notice this. This really I'm, I'm a close on this, saints. But when 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 I when I saw how God led the prophet to bring this linkage. It's like, Lord, have mercy. It'll bring a Pentecost, he said. But it also bring death. Second Timothy, chapter three and verse one says this. Know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. He says, without natural affection, truth bakers and false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. He says, traded, traitors, heady, high minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And this is the point here, saints. He says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. He says, from such, turn away. That same message, all things. He be, the Lord led him to deal with this. And I'm, I'm going to share with you just a few quotations from that, and I'm going to close with this. He says, the Holy Spirit warned us that in the last days that the church would get away from the sincerity and faith. So it's a condition that was prophesied to come. He says they'd have a form of godliness. You see how he's tying in a lack of sincerity with having having a form of godliness? 
Many people thinking, oh, that's just denomination. Somebody just got false doctrines. No, it's somebody that has an insincere heart. He says, the spirit warned us that in the last days that the church would get away from, from, the, from, the, from, from, the, from the sincerity and faith. He says they'd have a form of godliness, but would deny the power that went with the right thing. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. He says, yes, sir. He says, God hates. Notice how he ties this in. God hates a powerless religion. He's not so much so talking about a lack of the laying on of hands and the speaking in tongues and things of that nature. He's talking about a lack of sincerity. Notice how he goes on to say this, saints. He says, God hates a powerless religion. And any religion today that hasn't got Christ in it is powerless. But any religion that has Christ in it, he says, is under his own blood and it's got power in it. You say God hates a power, a, a religion without power. He said, listen, how he ties this in. He said, your solemn feast is a stink. A lack of sincerity. That breed that brings about a powerless church, a powerless people, a powerless home. Because God don't like that. That's why when he came and greeted the saints through Paul, he said, grace be unto all them that love the Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. That's the only ones my eyes are on. That's where the sweet sweet smelling savor is, 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 is coming from. It's from those hearts that really love me. That's not to say that he wasn't working with anybody else. It's just that he just chose the word that in that way in Ephesians 6 and 24. And if God chose to speak in that way, it caught my attention. Lord, I want to be in that number. Lord, I want your grace. (laughs) Who don't want grace in here? Let me see your hand. Praise the Lord. All of us want it. Amen. I want to be sincere. I want to love God in sincerity, not just in a form, not just in my words. And I want to love my brother and my sister in the exact same way. But it's going to take that same God filling my soul, filling my heart, taking my mind and purging me of unclean thoughts that the enemy will try to establish in our minds concerning our brother or our sister. See, you got to want that. Some people have been hurt so bad they don't want to see people any differently. At least presently. See, they're so so hurt and so bound by that spirit. It's, it's, it's a battle. Amen. But God is still God. He's still setting captives free. And if you're predestinated, you're going to come to it anyway. Somehow... <laughs> You're going to come to it. You can make it easy or hard. (laughs) Oh, my. God hates a powerless religion. Any religion without Christ in it, he says, is powerless. He says, you say God hates a religion without power. He said, your solemn feast is a stink. He comes down and says, listen to this, saints. He says, God hates powerless religion. It's got to have power in it. It's got to have sincerity. He says sincerity brings power. Sincerity brings real worship. Not just worship, but real worship. 
Jesus told that woman, he says, the time will come when they that worship the father must worship him in spirit and in truth. He says sincerity brings real worship. He says not forms, but genuine power, worship to know that you've passed from death unto life. I've delivered what's been upon my heart. I didn't know if I was supposed to share this here or not, but the closer I got, the more I considered it, my heart just kept coming right back, right back, right back. And now that I'm here, and now that we've had the service, I know in my heart that that was the will of God. We're in this together. This should bring us into a more sincere prayer for one another because nobody want to see anybody lack in these areas. When we come together, we want all of our worship to be received by God. Now, sadly to say, because these conditions exist, Brother Branham said, when your heart is not sincere, he says, God hides his face from your prayers. He said a husband and a wife, if a husband is bitter toward his wife, he said he won't hear his prayers. That's New Testament after Calvary. You understand what I'm saying? So God is a loving God. He's a good God, but he's also a God of his word. And he ain't going to let us just conduct ourselves any kind of a way. Especially for his children. See, we got a higher calling with a required life. That was my first title of the first sermon I ever preached. A higher calling with a required life. Probably didn't do that well in it, but when I said it, I just brought it back to my mind. Amen. But God bless you, saints. Um, I appreciate uh, just the Lord putting it on Brother Barry's heart to have me. And, uh, you know, I've, I've grown past a lot of things, so... The ministry to me is not a game by far. It has nothing to do with popularity to any degree. When you really have an experience with God, he brings you into a real humility. And you realize you're absolutely nothing. All of us, there's nothing that we can do. There's nothing that we have. Everything is because of him. Amen. And when you understand that, when you really see that in the right way, you can't help but want to get out of his way. Amen. You don't you you don't have nothing to be made known for. Amen. I'm just an unprofitable servant here to do whatever the Lord wants me to do. But I feel good in my heart and I I feel like like God is pleased. So keep me in prayer. And as the Lord would help me, I'll keep, you know, the church here in prayer. And let's just stand together, if we will. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thanks. As we bow, <clears throat> Heavenly Father, well, as we're bowing, every head bowed, every heart bowed, if there is anyone that might desire prayer, and you're always more than welcome, um, we, all, we all know that you must have faith in order for God to move upon your prayers. He's requiring faith in order to please him. So if you choose to come up, we'll be glad to pray with you, but you're still going to have to believe that God is able. And if you choose to stay where you are, the same thing, the same thing applies. You must have faith.
Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you, Father, humbly. Thank you, Lord God, for the type of words you're causing us to receive at this time. It's very needful, Lord. I never, ever, Lord, now you know, Lord, I never saw that before. And all this time, Father God, I've been guilty of not always giving you a sincere worship. Not always approaching things in sincerity, Lord. But God, I see now by your grace, and I ask that you would please help me and help every heart that's here, Father God, that have come or is coming to recognize the same thing. That's why you brought it, Lord, so that we could be made better. Lord, you're growing us up, Father, into that headstone, that capstone, Lord. You're quickening your word in our lives, Lord. You're helping us to see things through your sight. And that's what we need, Lord. You're, by your grace, Father, you're drawing us into a greater love for you. Because this sincerity comes from a heart of love. We want to give you your desire, Father. It's not all about us, but it's all about you. So help us, Lord, to be more honest, more transparent, more truthful, more sincere. Help us to give you a a more genuine, a more wholehearted worship and service, Lord, no matter what it's dealing with. Let it be, Lord, from a more wholesome place, a more wholehearted place, Lord. You said in your word and you brought that scripture, I believe, in my heart, where you said that once an individual seeks for you and searches for you with all of their heart, you said then you'll be found of them. Lord, you're looking for sincerity. You desire sincerity. You desire to be dealt with in sincerity, Lord. Lord, we should know that you know all things already. But sometimes, Father, we just find ourselves just getting caught up. Lord, at times in the wrong spirit, Father, a wrong frame of mind, a wrong cycle of thought. We become unmindful of you at those times. But Lord, help us to be more conscious of your presence. And help us to walk accordingly, Lord, by your grace. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this service. Thank you for these families, these individuals, Lord. May you bless every one of their needs by your grace. We ask all this, Father, in your name, the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you, saints. Oh, 
today. We're just delighted to have Brother Dennis with us. Amen. It's just been a, a real blessing. Amen. A tremendous brother, man of faith. And uh, I just, he, the message really spoke to me personal. Amen. Uh, I trust you'll take those words to heart. Amen. And let the Lord deal with you. Amen. Let's just sing, worship a little bit in his presence just before we leave the sanctuary. I have the little song on my heart. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, oh my soul. on my heart to sing that.
break every chain, break every chain, to break every chain. Oh, there's an army rising up. Oh, there's an army rising up. There's an army rising up. Oh, to break every chain, break every chain, to break every chain. Power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Oh, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Oh, to break every chain, to break every chain. Break every chain again now. Oh, there is power in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. Break every chain, break every chain. There's a bride, there's a bride rising up. Come on, sing it, bride. Oh, there's a bride, and she's rising up. Oh, there's a bride, she's rising up. Oh, and she'll break every chain. Break every chain, break every chain. There's power. Oh, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, to break every chain, to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Again now, to break every chain, break every chain, to break every chain. Come on, put your hands together. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I pray that he would break any band or chain that would hold you down in your life. Amen. God wants you to be free to worship him, like the brother said, in spirit and truth, in all sincerity. Amen. God bless you as you go today. Man, take the name of Jesus with you. Amen. Let's sing this song together. God is good as we leave. And just sing this. Let it be an anthem in your heart through the week till we meet again. Oh, God is good all the time. Put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. Through the darkest night, oh, His light will shine. God is good, oh, 
yes, he's good all the time. And if you're walking through the valley, there are shadows all around. Well, do not fear, for he will guide you. For he has promised to never leave you nor forsake you. And his word is good, God is good all the time. 